0: This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London, together living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. I want to I talk to you this morning about prosperity. Is it God's will to prosper us? Is it God's heart To bless us not only spiritually, because I'm sure we believe God wants to bless us spiritually, but does God actually want to bless us in the natural, materially, physically? And what I've discovered is is that in this world, the blessings of God are not automatic. It's not just like, hey, I'm a Christian and therefore I am blessed. No, there is a contention. For the blessings of God. There's a contention for receiving all that God has made available to us in the spirit. So is it wrong to expect God to bless us or to prosper us? Is it wrong? Is it setting us up for, for disappointment or is it wrong for us to believe that? I mean, I'm sure you've heard of what some people in the, in the body of Christ, they talk about the health and wealth gospel and they declare it's evil, it's bad and And uh, I agree, when it's about the flesh, when it's about selfish glorification of just feeding your flesh, God bless me so that I can be awesome, something like that, that's bad. That's not the will of God. But is it God's will to prosper us? Okay, so let's quickly, just to set the stage, let's look at this. 3 John 2. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. And be in health. Just as your soul prospers. Do you see it there? John the Apostle. He says, I pray. In other words, it's not automatic. Protection isn't automatic. Blessing isn't automatic. You need to pray. You need to trust God for this. But he says, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Revealing the will of God. That you may prosper in... All things come on say all All. prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers in other words our heavenly father who's a loving father he wants you to have peace in your heart he wants you to have joy he wants your soul to prosper no bitterness no ungodly anger no unforgiveness peace and joy prosper in your soul prosper in your body that you'd be healthy that is God's heart I mean Jesus revealed it to us how he healed people during his ministry it is the father's will to physically heal but then beyond that it says that you may prosper in all things God is not glorified when we lack God is not glorified when you don't know where where food's going to come from tomorrow Obviously, there are seasons of lack and there are seasons of challenges, but how we navigate through that is really important. Okay, so it is the will of God to bless us. I mean, Jesus said, I've come to give life and life in abundance. Abundance of life. Not just spiritual, but spiritual and natural. Spiritual blessings will, I believe, always overflow into the natural. So when we came, Sonic and I came to East London and um, to, to pastor the church. Uh, you know, the church could, couldn't even afford half of my small salary. And I was the only one on staff. It was me. And I delegated to myself. And, uh, okay, Andre, are you going to do that? Oh, are you going to do that? Yes. And so the first year I was on my own, and I just, I just said, God, please increase. <laughs> Grow your church, Lord. Let lives be transformed Lord, pour out your blessing. And so after the first year, the church grew numerically and financially. And so at the end of the first year, Sonica left her coopers job, and she joined me in the ministry. And she is a very, very overqualified, like office manager, super overqualified. She's awesome. But I can't live without her anymore. And so when we started off so sitting, sitting in the same office and I would like loud worship music that's when I think the best and she was like I can't think with your music and I like the aircon full blast and she's like I'm getting cold so we had to sort of figure our way out there at the start but so the Lord continued to bless the church and 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 God added to the church and the church grew financially and we could add more staff members as we went and so originally I had to do everything and I, I, I was I at very limited capacity. I was just, I had to like do everything, organize everything, you know. And then, as by God's grace, the church has been, been growing and we could add some staff members like, like, uh, someone like Yvette Montgomery is half day, uh, working at the church and she sorts out the encounters. So, originally, I had to do it all, organize the facilitators and try and sort out everything, and then I had no capacity to think on what I actually need to say. I was just trying to sort out the logistics. And now, wow, we had an encounter yesterday, walk in here, everything is just sorted, so professional, so beautifully done, and uh, and that's what she's adding to the game. But what I realize is that as God increases, that, that increase of, of finances ultimately increases capacity for doing ministry and for ultimately for God's will to be done. And it's the same in any business or in any environment. If you lack resources, you are limited in what you can do. But when God pours out that blessing and there's increase in capacity, then you have capacity to ultimately do the will of God. And that's what I'm experiencing currently you know, I have pastor friends that still, they, they are still on their own in the office. They have no capacity for anything. And I'm so thankful for what God has done. So I can focus on making videos every now and again. And I can write books. And I can lead the, the wider church family. And so my capacity has been increased. But where we are at currently as, as, a, as a local church, you know, we, we're renting these buildings. And we're thankful for that. That's wonderful. But over the next three to five years, I'm like, I'm wrestling with God. I'm saying, God, but we need, to, we need to step out. We need to move into a place where we can buy property and have buildings so that we can ultimately impact East London the way you want us to and the nation. Because we have prophetic words of what God wants to do through this church. And so I'm thinking like, how do you transition from here to there? I'm like, I can't figure it out. But Jesus, and as I was wrestling with God over the last few weeks, I'm like wrestling saying, Hey God, how? How do we step into all that you want of, of, of the fullness of your will? And I realize that we need to trust God to prosper. Not the church, you guys. Every person and every family in this church needs to prosper spiritually and materially if we are going to step into all God wants to do and I'm going to explain it as I go in this message but so the blessings of God are not given to feed our flesh but to bring glory to God and that's what I shared about last week we are blessed for a purpose We follow Jesus, not the money, as I said last week. When we follow Jesus wholeheartedly, then resources and blessings follow us. But what do we need? We need a faith-filled mindset. We need to have a mindset that unlocks faith. Because when you have faith, you are connected to all that God is for us. Faith is more valuable than money. The Word of God says that faith is more valuable even than gold. Because when you have faith, you can connect with all, with who God is. We have access to all we need for kingdom expansion. So I want to share with you this morning five truth statements. Five provision statements to help us get a faithful mindset and i'm trusting you you can apply this in any area of your life i'm going to apply it specific in the area of provision material financial provision but i believe these are keys for us to transition into a place of no fear no anxiety peace joy and accessing god's supernatural blessing supernatural provision Okay, so let's pray, and then I'm going to get into it. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are good, and you are for us. You're with us. And so, Lord, we pray that this morning that faith will be unlocked. Thank you, Lord, for a faithful mindset for each and every one of us. Lord, come and release your blessing over our hearts and minds. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone say, Amen. Okay, so there's a faithful mindset. And then there's a flesh mindset. So provision truth number one. I have the mind of Christ. Flesh mindset is, oh, my mind's a mess. I'm so burdened. I'm so anxious. I'm so worried. I, am, I, I, only, see, I only see problems. I only see lack. That's the flesh mindset. But the, but the word of God says that we have the mind of Christ. So imagine that for a, mo- for a moment. You have the mind of God through the Holy Spirit. Through your position in Christ. So come on, say it. I have the mind of Christ. Okay, so, so basically what he's saying is think like God. So when you think like God... How can you not see possibilities? How can you not see solutions? How can you be faithful? How can you be fearful or anxious when you think like God? I mean, imagine that. How can God be like, oh, I don't know what to do? I'm anxious. I'm worried. No. Notice. So the word of God is saying, think like God. And you need to believe it. You need to declare this over yourself. I have the mind of Christ. But what happens is when you face lack When you're looking in the natural and it's not looking good, then you come under that burden of unbelief You come under that anxiety and that stress and it defines your thinking and your emotions and you need to break out of that You need to say I have the mind of Christ. Come on. Say it again. I have the mind of Christ I have the mind of Christ. You see see solutions See provisions. When you're seeing like God, you are seeing provision. When you're in the flesh, it's like a messed up mind, just dark, fearful, and worried. That is not the will of God for his children. Faithful mindset. So align, here's a statement, align your thinking with God's thoughts to access heaven's abundance. You can apply this in any area of your life. But it says, align, align your thinking with God's thoughts, and you access heaven's abundance. It starts always. It always starts with faith. It always starts with aligning your heart, your thoughts, with God's. Think as God thinks, and things begin to shift. I said it last week, that when your heart is right, the future looks bright. In other words, when your heart is connected to God, humble. Faithful, He's your source, you're not following the money, you're following Jesus. When your heart is connected, when you're connected to the source, ultimately every part of your life will become divine order. That's just how it works. If you are connected, your heart, heart-to-heart connection with God, and you start living out of that God connection, then things begin to shift into divine order. And I believe that some of these, these provision truths will help you to shift into, into divine order. So are you struggling? Are you at times anxious when you look at the facts? Are you worried about the future? Are you maybe in a low place? I love how Graham Cook speaks about this. He speaks about the low place. He says God is drawn to the low places of our lives. He's drawn to that place. He's drawn because that's where he wants to be strong for you. And that's where the mind of Christ is to get excited about a problem in your life. Get excited about lack. It's not nice, I know. It's uncomfortable. But that's where you're going to discover another facet of who God is. I mean, if you have more than enough, why do you need to know God as your provider? So when you are lacking in one area or another, you're being set up to experience God, your provider. Come on, say it. I'm excited about the low places because that's where God's going to show up okay the problem is never the problem it's an ungodly mindset that's the problem it's a hopeless attitude that's the problem God can never be hopeless about anything okay so you need to shift it there so look at this 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8 and God is able to make all grace abound toward you He's able to make all grace, empowerment, favor, heavenly favor to abound toward you. That you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. So it speaks of two things there. The one is having all sufficiency. In other words, more than enough for all your needs. More than enough. All sufficiency. And have an abundance for every good work. There you have the will of God. The will of God is that you would have more than enough for your own needs and more than enough for every purpose of God. Every purpose of God. That is the Lord's will. His will is to prosper you, even materially. Okay, now, so let's look at the context of that verse. And again, this speaks about the mind of Christ, speaks about understanding how the kingdom of God is designed. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6 says, but this I say... He who sows sparingly, next verse, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So there's a, a principle of the kingdom revealed, that when you sow financially, when you sow materially, you're going to reap, you access God's provision. In other words, God's blessing and provision isn't automatic. So I've discovered this whenever we lack, whenever we are struggling, I'm like looking for opportunities to bless somebody. Looking for opportunities because I want to access the, the kingdom of God. I want to access the principles of the kingdom. It says there, that each one gives a purpose in heart, not grudgingly or says, for God loves a cheerful giver. Why should we be cheerful when we give? Because you take on the very nature of God. He is the ultimate extravagant giver. So when you give, you take on his nature. And you access his provision. So that is a kingdom mindset. So provision, truth number one, I have the mind of Christ. Provision, truth number two, I live from abundance. Come on, say it, I live from abundance. The flesh would say, I don't have so much. So I live from a place of lack. I'm looking at the facts and obviously I live from a place of lack then. No. You live from a place of abundance. Being in the kingdom of God means you live from a place of unlimited resources. Meaning... Unlimited resources for the will of God. I'm not saying God's going to throw billions of dollars around just for fun. It's connected to the purposes of God. It is connected to the will of God. More than enough for every good work. Even Ephesians one three speaks about every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places has already been given to you. And if you have spiritual blessings, the spirit realm is superior to the natural realm. So if you have spiritual blessings, then you can reign over natural Situations and challenges. So, what should our expectation be of God? Just spiritual blessing? No, spiritual blessing and natural blessings. I want to, I want to, I want, to unlock faith this morning. So, some people like, no, 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 no yeah, yeah, If you're really godly, then you have to be poor because money is evil. That's what some people. No, That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, the love of money is evil. So it's about your relation. Money itself doesn't have a nature. It's not good or bad. It's, the, it's what you assign to it. If you love money, it becomes bad. If you reign over money and Jesus is your everything, then it's your servant. And, it, and it's beautiful. So it's very important to get that relationship with money or with material things right. The poverty mindset says... There's limited resources. Now, when you're in the kingdom of God, the kingdom mindset is, I have access to unlimited resources in God for the will of God, and even beyond it. So you're in the kingdom, but you're also a son or daughter of the most high God. So last time I checked, good fathers look out for their children. Good fathers provide for their kids. Do you agree? Amen. That's who our Heavenly Father is. And He is passionate about providing for all our needs. So look at this. Matthew 6, verse 30 to 32. And it speaks about this loving Father that knows what we need and who will take care of us. Now it says, Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is starting into the oven, will He not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. And the context is worry. The context is anxiety. And he's saying, oh, you of little faith. In other words, if you're anxious, if you're worried, it's a sign not of your circumstances. It's a sign of your faith levels. That's important to understand. Because we're thinking, if my circumstances change, then I'm going to like have peace and joy. No. Contend for faith. Oh, you of little faith. Verse 31. Therefore, do not worry. Saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Come on, say, heavenly Father. He knows. He knows. He knows. Before you've prayed, before you've asked, he already knows. He knows what you need. He knows everything about you. And he is passionate about providing for your needs. He's passionate about that. So do not worry. Do not be anxious. Faith in God is the is the key to accessing his provision. Belief. Belief. You see, the, the currency of the kingdom is faith. The currency of the kingdom of God is faith. If you want to do business in this world, you need money. If you want to do business in the kingdom of God, you need faith. And faith is more valuable than money. Faith in God gives you access to all of who God is. So contend for faith. The nature of God that he is provider, that he is loving father, that he is for you, that he loves us and he looks out for us. So, here's a good truth. There is no lack in the kingdom of God. This is heaven's economy. In heaven, there is no lack, no shortage, no famine, no economic crises or problems. Heaven's economy is always on the up. You and I are dual citizens, citizens of heaven and citizens on the earth. In other words, so we can be here and yet access the resources of heaven and release it into this realm for his glory and for his will. Again, I'm not talking about fleshly pursuits. Spiritual blessing can and should manifest in the natural realm. It doesn't just stay spiritual. It must manifest in the natural realm. If God is real and the creator of everything, then He has influence over the spiritual and the natural. The spiritual realm is superior to the natural realm because it was birthed out of the spirit realm. So Psalm 50 verse 10 reveals again who our God is. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. That's who our God is. He has resources. He has provision. And so we see God's rule over the natural realm through Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus obviously didn't drive around in a Porsche, and Jesus didn't have hoarding loads of money and things, but he had more than enough for every situation to do the will of God. Jesus had enough to do the will of God. And so we see in Jesus that he was Lord, he is Lord of the spirit realm, and then we see how that manifested in the natural realm. For instance, he healed broken bodies. If you're Lord in the spirit, then you are Lord over the natural. He stilled physical storms. Multiple times. He took authority over the natural realm and he said, be still. Authority. Because he reigns in the spirit. He walked on water and he broke the laws of nature. Because the spirit realm is superior. He multiplied fish in a moment to the point where the fishing vessels were beginning to sink. He multiplied fish miraculously. Why? For the sake of the gospel. To get Peter's attention. And Peter fell to his knees and said, who am I? Depart from me, a sinful man. So the connection between the miraculous and the gospel, there's that connection. Jesus multiplied a few fish and bread to feed thousands of people multiple times. To reveal to them that he is the bread of life. Again, Jesus is Lord over the natural realm. I mean, Jesus also even raised the dead. He is Lord Come on, say it. Jesus is Lord. He's Lord. He's Lord. And I I want to help us this morning to break out of the God only blesses in the spiritual. If he blesses you in the spiritual, that must overflow into the natural. That must overflow into our relationships. That must overflow into peace and joy and provision for the purposes of God. But there's a fight. There's a real devil. There's a real evil one that comes against us. That evil one comes to kill and steal and destroy. In other words, the blessings of God are not automatic. It's not like, well, I committed my life to Jesus 10 years ago, so obviously I'm going to be blessed. That is not how it works. You come into the kingdom, but now you need to apply faith. You come into the kingdom, but now you need to align your life with the will of God. You come into the kingdom, and then you need to pursue the will of God. And then you begin to access the blessings, the fullness of God. I access provision when I live for His purpose. I access provision when I live for His purpose. The flesh says, Man, I can just live for myself. I've prayed that little prayer. I commit my life to Jesus. I expect Him to provide. And if He doesn't provide, I'm offended. God, why don't you bless me? Because uh, you're doing your own thing. Because <laughs> you're not aligning your life with my will. I access provision when I live for His purpose. Provision is connected to purpose. So look at the next verse there, Matthew 6 33. Yeah, Jesus gives the answer. He gives a solution. Instead of worry, instead of anxiety, instead of stressing about the future, he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all, come on, say all, all All these things shall be added to you. Seek first the kingdom. Step into the will of God and you will access Provision of God. Here's a cool statement: seek first the kingdom of God, and the king's provision will seek you out. Seek first the kingdom of God, and the king's provision will seek you out. He's saying, like, as you get busy with the will of God, as you pursue the will of God, God's gonna take care of all the other stuff, but you need to contend for it. It is not automatic. That is why we need to pray. So years ago, we were in Cape Town. It was the first rains of winter. I just played my first squash game in a long while. I was super tired. I got into my car, almost dying of tiredness. And I hear the voice of God say to me in my heart, Andre, pray for Sonica, for protection. So I'm like, I'm really tired, but okay. Okay got in my car, rain pouring down, prayed. Prayed for protection over Sonica. Prayed blessing over her. And as I was praying after a while, 10 minutes, 15 minutes later, I just felt peace. I just knew I have prayed the will of God into being. So I got home and I asked Sonica, "Um, did something happen? And she said she was driving from Cape Town on the N1 back home. And uh, the car started to sort of Build up and come to standstill. And she was on the right in the right hand lane and, and she stopped and in her mirror she saw a huge truck coming down upon, him, up upon her at high speed. She saw in the mirror and she swerved left and the truck came through right there where she was. And she was fine. But I had to pray because my wife doesn't focus when she drives. She doesn't see anything or anyone. It's like, so please don't be offended if you wave, and she doesn't see you. She doesn't see. And so my prayers moved her to look in the mirror and then to swerve. And she was fine. A year or so before that, I was a student, single student. I was living outside of a house, and... uh, in Stellenbosch and, and, I, and a friend of mine was there and suddenly and we were praying or something, I don't know but suddenly I just had this burden someone's going to die someone's going to die, pray so I prayed, we prayed for about an hour and I was texting people like, are you okay because I'm thinking maybe it's that person, that person and, and so, so we prayed for about an hour and after that hour I felt that burden of intercession lifting off me walked To the street and said goodbye to my friend and as I walked back to my room as I walked into my room there was a guy big guy in my room ripping out the cords busy stealing my hi-fi system and things and when he saw me he turned at me and he came at me with a screwdriver and I just stopped and about a meter or two away he stopped and I just stepped back from the door and I just said just just go and then he ran out I realized I was praying for myself. I was partnering with God. But see, you see, the key is seek first the kingdom of God. Step into the will of God. When you committed your life to Jesus, you said, yes, Lord, my life is yours. And I'm going to seek you. And I'm going to position myself in your will. And that's what Sonic and I did from the start. We like, God, our lives are yours and we're going to seek first the kingdom of God. You see, the will of God is the safest place to be in the world. You can be on the front lines of war and you're the safest place in the world if that is the will of God for you. But I think sometimes we like, I'm doing my will and I must, I want Jesus to blaze my will. That is not how it works. That is not how it works. And so many times in my life, I've experienced God's supernatural blessing and guidance in the midst of even physical danger. I would just know God says, Don't walk down that road, walk there. Don't drive down that road, drive there. Because I'm in the will of God, I'm seeking His face. So I wanna speak this over you. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be afraid about the future. You don't need to be afraid about physical protection. But you need to seek first the kingdom of God. You need to position yourself in that place. Jesus, I live for you. And then God says, well, I can work with that. You're going to experience my blessing. You're going to experience my provision. You're going to experience my protection. And so we need to up our game. We need to make sure, and I asked this last week, who's the boss? Who's the boss? Jesus or you? Flesh or God? God. Let's make him the Lord of our lives. Because then you can have supernatural confidence. Because God knows. (laughs) I'm like, Lord, we're doing your will. And I know you're going to provide. Seek first the kingdom of God. And the king's provision will seek you out. I believe also the king's protection will seek you out. Because you've said yes. Amen. Come on, say it. I'm saying yes. In Jesus' name. Let's get busy with what's on God's heart, and then God will get busy with what's on yours. Get busy with what's on God's heart. Get busy, get busy with doing the will of God. Get busy with, 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 with allowing your heart to, to break for those who are far from Him. And God will take care of your, your things. So I was just reading this week about Abraham and about Isaac and Jacob. Abraham was the father of the faith. And it's amazing if you, if you read those three generations. Isaac was a son, Jacob was a grandson. And as you read their stories, they were blessed. But if you read the story, you will understand that they said yes. Abraham said yes to God. He was sold out. God said, leave your nation. He's, I'm moving. He obeyed the voice of God. He was faithful to God. He was sold out to God. Even when God said, lay down your son. Offer your own son, the promised one. Lay him down. Sacrifice. Abram was, yes, Lord. I can see why God could prosper him. It was like the material blessings were following Abram around everywhere. You know, he he was blessed material and Lot, his nephew, was blessed. And then Abram was like, okay... We need to, we, there's not enough space for both, all, all of our animals. So, so Lot chooses. So, Lot chooses the blessed, the prosperous valleys. Abraham goes to the desert ish vibes. Who gets blessed? Abraham. He gets prospered on every level protection and material provision because he said yes to God. He followed God, he was willing to lay down. Whatever God asked of him, God was number one in Abraham's life. And I believe that's why God could trust him with material blessing. And then the next generation, Isaac, it's amazing if you go read it. Wherever he went, he was blessed. He would dig wells and there would be water. It's like the water would follow him around. And then a famine came and God spoke to to Isaac and said, don't go to Egypt. Because that's what everybody does. The Nile, eh? and there's Nile, so there's water, <laughs> even in famine. God said, don't go to Egypt, stay, I will bless you. So he obeyed the voice of God, and then he was exceedingly blessed. Look at this, Genesis 26, verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land, and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. Famine, <laughs> in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. Verse 13, the man began to prosper, and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Are you getting it? If you didn't get it, it's quite obvious there. Prosper. God's will to prosper. God looks out for us. When, when we seek first the kingdom of God, then the, the king's provision will seek you out as well. You access his supernatural blessing. And with Abraham, he started, when, when God blessed him and, and he won and he, he spoils, he, he, he tithed, he honored Melchizedek. And then we can see that all three generations, they tithe, they honored God in, in, in covenant. So, so even with, with Jacob, Genesis verse 30, verse 27. So, so Jacob goes to his father-in-law, Laban. And Laban tries to like, mess him around, tries to deceive him with his wages. And Jacob was just blessed and blessed and blessed. Whatever Laban tried to deceive and, and take his, his uh, his blessings away from him, God would just prosper him. And so Laban said, and Laban said to him, please stay. If I have found favor in your eyes, for I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. So Laban was blessed because of God's hand on Jacob. So I want to release this over you. When you begin to walk in the blessings and provision of God... Everybody around you begins to get blessed. The business where you work will be blessed because you are there. But you need to contend for this in the spirit. It's not automatic. You need to contend for it through obedience, following the voice of God. And then you will experience, you will release that blessing over those around you. Provision truth number four I am not alone. I have a senior partner, the Holy Spirit. The flesh says, I'm on my own. I have to figure out how to do this myself. I need to make it happen. I need to work this out somehow on my own. You're sitting with this challenging situation, business or work environment or financial lack. And you're like, man, I need to, I need to, I need to provide for my family. No, you don't. You have a senior partner, the Holy Spirit. And he, he, I love how Graham Cook speaks about it. He says, the Holy Spirit is a genius. He's the best at everything. Because he's God. He's the best at marketing. He's the best at customer service. He's the best at software programming. He's the best at whatever. Selling property. He's the best at whatever. Selling taps. Hurry on? On tap. He's the best at the security services. Scott, yes, he's the best at whatever needs to happen. He's the best. He's a genius in the police as well. He can tell you where they've stolen that car. (laughs) He's the best. But my question is, are we leaning into God or are we trying to figure it out ourselves? Are we applying our faith for the challenges we're facing For his glory, obviously, for his purposes. But that's sort of where I'm at the last while. I've had some really challenging situations to try and figure out. And I was just like, God, if I intervene, this is going to blow up. I just know I can't see any good solution coming to this. And so I'm backing away and I'm praying and saying, God, I'm going to pray until you give me the answer. Because you have a beautiful solution to every problem. So I'm going to keep on praying and I'm going to keep on trusting until I hear... The whisper of the Holy Spirit. Say, do it like this. Come on, he's a genius. Say it, he's a genius. You need to believe it. You are not alone. Come on, say it, I am not alone. Amen. So how do we access the supernatural? Well, you start in the natural and then you move into the supernatural. Apply natural principles first and then begin to access the supernatural ones. Like stewardship. Look at this verse, Luke 16, 10. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. He who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust to true riches? So the Bible is saying, true riches is not money. <laughs> money is just a servant. But he's saying, be faithful in the little. So how does this work? Be faithful in the little and have faith for the much. In other words, stewardship is I have so much or so little. Be faithful with what you have. That is good stewardship. Be faithful in the little, but have faith for the much. What you have in your hand is not all you have access to. But be faithful with that, and God opens the way for you to have access to the more. Amen. So stewardship that begins there, and then you move to the to, to the to the supernatural blessing. Same with our bodies. Be faithful with your body. Eat well, healthy, and exercise well. But there is supernatural healing also available in Christ. Yesterday at our encounter, one, there were two people physically healed. The one guy, three years of knee problems, pain gone, boom. Another lady, back problems for, I think, quite some time healed in Jesus' name. So there's supernatural healing that Jesus won for us at the cross hallelujah so as i said you committed your life to jesus maybe 10 years ago the blessings of god are not automatic you need to contend for it so the last one provision truth number 5 quickly it says i have been given authority to unlock resources for kingdom x says i'm a victim I have no way out of this poverty or this debt. I have no way out of these burdens. I have no solution. The child of God believes and knows I have been given authority in the name of Jesus to unlock resources for kingdom expansion. So Genesis twenty-two eleven speaks of where Abraham had to sacrifice his son. The promise that he waited for 20 years, God said, lay it down. It was his test, his ultimate test. And as he was about to kill his own son, Isaac, it says in verse 11, But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Because he was obedient. Since you've not withheld your son, your only son from me. So just short note Don't kill your child. Okay, that's not of God. Bible says, do not murder. This was a test for Abraham, it was pointing to Jesus, where Father God is going to lay down his own son for us. Verse 13 Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horn. Horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. So he replaced his son with this ram. Verse 14, and Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. I love that. He called that place, the Lord will provide. In the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. The, Lord will, the name of that place, the Lord will provide. Now imagine for a moment. Because I believe this is what is available to all of us. Imagine we would start speaking over our families, our personal finances, our businesses, our work environment. We start prophesying the word and the will of God. In this place, the Lord will provide. Because I believe that's what is available in Christ for all of us. In God, in this place, the Lord will provide for His purpose and for His glory. In this place, come on, say it, in this place. The Lord will provide. Come on, start releasing that over your life. In this place, in this business, in this church, in this home, the Lord will provide. You need to speak it. You need to release. You need to walk in the authority of Jesus Christ and you need to release it. God, well, I've aligned my life with yours. I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. Lord Jesus, this is for your glory. And in this place, the Lord will provide. In Jesus' name. Come on, so start declaring that over your life, over your business, over your work environment. You see, there's a real devil. There's a real enemy. And his modus operandi is to constrain, to keep resources from the people of God. To keep us in lack, because he knows the kingdom can't come then as it should. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy But you and I have authority. So I love this. Graham Cook says, don't pray like a widow. Pray like a bride who's just coming to everything. A widow has no options. Her husband's gone. A bride who just got married, her husband's going to look after her. And our husband, our heavenly father, our God, Jesus Christ, our bridegroom, he has unlimited resources for his purposes and for his will. Don't pray like a widow that doesn't have options. Pray like a bride who's just come into provision. Who's just come into everything. Massive estate, unlimited resources for the will of God. So you are positioned in that mountain of the Lord, a place of authority to release provision. Seek first the kingdom of God and the king's provision will seek you out. In Jesus' mighty name. I want to end off with a story that just really stirs my faith. There's a church here in town called Downtown Christian Center. Wonderful church, amazing leadership in Oxford Street. And so uh, the pastor's couple, they're quite a bit older and, you know, and, and the, the, the man is a, is a, was an accountant. So for like 10, 15 plus years, he was leading the church and financially providing for himself because the church didn't have the money, didn't have the venue, didn't have the space. And yet God was bringing people and adding people, but it was, re- it was relatively poor people. So they didn't have the finances for a building. So they go to a meeting in the United States where Sean Bowles, was a prophet, they went to this meeting, and then Sean Bowles prophesied over them, he said, the Lord is going to provide a building for you. And so a few years later, they had a visiting speaker, a lady, and her brother also came along as an American, and as he was in the venue and, and experiencing God move and the presence and the power of God, he felt God say to him, bless them financially. So he gave them two million US dollars. Not Zim, US. US. And they put up a building there. And it's, as I hear, going so well. God is adding people. Lives are being transformed. God, for the purposes of God, he provided. The prophetic word came. And I stood upon that word, and then provision came. It wasn't the man, it was God. It's always God. It's never the person, it's never the people. If you want to fall into a trap, look to people to provide for you. That's flesh. Look to God, your source. And I just love that, how the prophetic word came, and then the miracle came. The miracle of provision came. In the mount of the Lord, He will provide. In this place, He will provide. So I want to just prophesy this over every family, every individual connected to this church community. In this place, the Lord will provide. In this place, He will give peace and joy. In this place, He will give you rest for your soul with no fear about the future. In this place, we will seek God. We will first seek the kingdom of God. And the King's provision will seek us out. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.